We have the geniuses behind Genius. They have their own company, Creative <clears throat> Control, and they're doing some big things out here. Shout out to you guys and what you're doing out here for the film industry, for hip-hop, sports. We can get into it all right here. We have the one and only, one of the best duos out here of all time in film. It was by the name of Kude and Chike. Kude and Chike, welcome to the show, Sports and Hip-Hop with DJ Mad Max, Live 365, iHeartRadio. What's going on, guys? Man, chilling, man. How you doing? I'm doing pretty well. I appreciate you, everything that you're doing out here for film and just bringing the whole Kanye documentary to life. How are you guys feeling about the whole reception of it? Because it blew up all over the world, especially on social media. You you captivated the whole audience. Oh, man, we excited. Uh, we It was the impact that we wanted the movie to have, you know, just, you know, um, we did it for the dreamers, you know, and the believers and and um and we wanted them to feel that, you know, feel that journey and, and, and what it takes to, to get to, to your goal. You know, we, we say everybody's a genius. It ain't uh, just a me, Chike, um, Kanye and Jay Ivy. Uh, you know, it's, it's everybody. You, you, if you follow if you follow a God guy for you, you know, you are you are you are tapping to your genius. So. That's right. And Chike, you could tap into this, too. When did you guys learn to embrace the long haul journey for yourselves and making it? When did you guys come to accept that? I feel like I feel like from the jump, you know what I mean? I feel like it was just part of our DNA probably way before I even met Cootie, just in our journey of life in general. I feel like we always just, um, you know, the more I knew but learned about Cootie and I definitely for me have always had a fire that was burning inside from young, just never knew what to apply it to but always knew that I was going to succeed um, in whatever I was passionate about and always knew it was going to be something unconventional. You know what I mean? So, um, and I don't know where that came from. And I like to say it came from just an, an, an instinctual faith in something larger than myself that always was there. And then uh, the more I developed that, the more that that became, you know, known as God to me. So I definitely would, would say locking on to, 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 to that, that faith um, is what I just knew was going to help align whatever this internal fire that I had, it was going to constantly fuel that. You know what I'm saying? That's right. And, and, and Cootie, I know you always speak about everything being on God's time. And when did you notice that you just had to accept everything would come on God's time? I mean, it, it started when I was a kid because uh, my mother used to always tell me that Jesus was the son of God. And, and I'm the only boy of three girls. So, you know, I would pray to God and I would kick it with Jesus. So, and then growing up in the hood of Chicago, you know, I had guns to my head. I've been in situations where I was supposed to get beat down crazy, but it's always somebody in the crowd. Like I know shorty, let him ride. Or, you know, they all got looked out for. And I, and I, and I just credit Jesus for that. You know, he always looked out, looked out for me and um, all the way up to the point, you know, not just for, you know, saving me from things, but also blessing me with so much as far as like meeting Kanye first, you know what I'm saying? And having, giving me that vision to even document him um, to meeting Chike. You know what I mean? We've been working together ever since. So, you know, I, it is, and then showing, you know, just showing the magic and, and the things that, you know, that he creates, you know, God created the world and and watching and, and doing a movie is so many magical things that God do, did for the movie, you know, that you couldn't even write, you know, so that that right that that alone. But um, but yeah, I'm a very spiritual, spiritual person. 
Absolutely. And that comes across in genius and all your works and just your interviews. And when you read articles online and actually growing up, because you always pretended that your family were like the Cosby's growing up when you're on TV (laughs) and your, your sister actually had a radio show and that's what introduced you into the world of media. Yeah. Well, she was in radio TV. Um, so that was like high school and, um, and I was a, like a seventh grader going up there with them. You know, she was she two years older than me. And when I say Bill Cosby show, uh, you know, my father was a bus driver. My mother didn't work. You know, we living in a hood. So it wasn't, you know, a doctor lawyer, Bill Cosby. But it was the same. You know, I'm the only boy. I was Theo. My sister was, you know, Denise, my older sister, then me, then my two younger sisters. So, you know, that was that was the dynamic of my family. But uh, but yeah, it's um, it's just uh it's just amazing to, to, you know, to, to know that my sister was into that. And then my mother, where I always have a camera and my father brought the camera back, you know, home the first time. And, and me and my mother, I think we the ones that really like, you know, use the camera and started documenting my mother document to this day. She probably documenting this right now. <laughs> <laughs> and, and Chike, your mother was someone else that also pushed you because you were actually going out to New York city in the summers, going out to museums and studying yeah. art. Yeah, it's definitely uh, my mother, she, you know, so much similar to like Kanye's mother in a sense of just went far and beyond. I think what's expected of just mothers and really truly was like my cheerleader, you know, along with my, my aunt. When I go to New York, it was my aunt that I would come up and see um, Elaine, who really just fostered and put me, you know, exposed me to just art and foreign, you know, foreign films. And, you know, her her she had a Ph.D. in early childhood education. So she really like. Uh, did everything she could to help navigate and structure and expose me to everything that, that I utilize now that I draw from. So it's a combination of them too, as like, you know, my mother, single mother raising me and uh, just having that right village behind me, putting hands on me. Do you think, because when, because I, because I relate to my mother, my mother's always been by my side. So I relate to Kanye and you guys, when you speak about your mother, do you think that the mother and son bond is underrated? Because when you look at Tupac and his mother, Feeney Shakur, do you think the mother and, and son bond is underrated? And now it's becoming the mainstream when you're seeing stories such as yourselves and Kanye's be brought to the full attention. Mm-hmm. I, I wouldn't say uh, underrated because it always been, you know, the, the, the girls, you know, go to the, to the father and the sons, you know, attached to the mom that always been, been that way, been said that way, at least. You know, but I think we now it's starting to be shown more, more than ever. You know, definitely doing this documentary, and you're seeing the dynamic between Kanye and and Donda, and um, you know, like you said, Tupac and Afeni, who we were going to do a doc on Pac, but we knew that we was going to tell that story through Afeni, because who that's who gave you know Pac everything. So, um, but yeah, man, it's it's a it's a great time for for um, really we got to really think about bringing up black family and families together, period. You know what I mean? Mother, father and, and all, but you know, so that's where we got to really, really start. I think, I think in two Cootie, the role of parents in general, whether it's, whether it's a, a dual parent household, whether it's a single parent household, but the, that, that, that figure that is a hundred percent behind their, their child and taking, you all know, right. putting more responsibility on, on themselves to make sure that, you know, their child is set up for this world. And even if it's setting them up in ways that they weren't necessarily set up, you know, because, yeah. you know, when you sacrifice my parents, my mother definitely sacrificed so much for, to give me these opportunities. You know what I'm saying? 
but she also realized that she brought me into this world. <laughs> you know what I mean? At the same token. So, so um, she felt it like her responsibility. Savannah College of Art and Design, that's where you graduated from TK. Mm-hmm. And actually, Kudi, you went to the Northern Illinois and you only you were only there for one mm-hmm. semester. I heard that you went on academic probation and there were some <laughs> character issues going on there. Oh, but man. you have quoted it as you getting kicked out of college, the best and the worst thing that ever happened to you. Oh, Why yeah. is that? Both, both. I mean, getting kicked out of college first. Uh, I mean, I wouldn't say the best thing. It, it, you know, it was just wasn't my focus wasn't there. And then, you know, when and I wound up getting a job. I say that when I got fired was the best thing um, from my job. I worked at Commonwealth Edison and they fired me out of, you know, for really nothing to tell you the truth. Cause I was getting more love maybe than some of the others. Cause my father knew somebody big in the company, but that person big in the company was black, but the person over him was white. So that that's how that dynamic happened. And when they found out, you know, the, the what was happening, they really, you know, took it out on everybody, you know, that was under him. And, um, and they wound up firing me. And I, and I said at that moment, that was 1994. I was like, man, I'm never working for anybody who would just fire me. You know what I'm saying? I'm going to work for myself. And that's when I started really getting deep into comedy, even though I was kind of doing it when I was working, Bernie Mac was my mentor, but he told me it's going to take 10 years. So I figured like, okay, well, I'm going to have this job, but got fired. So I had to really go in and, and, um, and, and, you know, hone my skills. And, and that's when, um, you know, that's when everything just started unfolding. Yeah. But that's what I said to myself, I'm never working for nobody. I haven't since, you know, me and Chica own our own business, <laughs> you know, we, and we hire folks and, and get them creative control. So we ain't trying to be like that. Like they were to me, to our, to people that work with us, you know, you were starting channel zero out there in Chicago interviewing great actors, run DMC. And you even had the chance to interview Kobe Bryant, rest in peace. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that was just, I mean, just how we see, we wasn't scared. You know what I'm saying? And that's what I love about Kanye too. Kanye wasn't scared. That's what I seen in Kanye early that he was not afraid. And we wasn't neither. We'd walk oh. up on anybody in interview and in interview him. You know what I mean? So, so that, um, that was something special. And then we, and we was like a wild uncut show that everybody was happy about like, Oh, y'all showing fights and we could curse and smoke weed on the show. You know, so everybody was super excited about that. But then, you know, Method Man said it was the world star before world star, you know. And <laughs> so, the YouTube before YouTube. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. yeah exactly <laughs> what he said, which is, um, which is, you know, an honor for that. But, you know, a lot of things that we do is before before the time, you know, <laughs> we've been yeah. doing that for a minute. She gave me having ideas like he had the metaverse idea that's going on now. We, in 2007, he came up with that idea. <laughs> You know, you know, so, I didn't know it was going to be the metaverse, but, you know, the concept of just, right, the, concept. you know what I mean? Yeah. And Chike, you always were interested in graphics. That's what you majored in. You started going to MTV and working there, working the on-air graphics. You eventually meet Kanye. And you, you met Kanye before Cootie. Yeah, yeah. Just from, the you know, just from him, uh, you know, assuming now, it's actually because I learned more from watching <laughs> Cootie's footage. Uh, <laughs> I'm able to see, like, that kind of mapped the times of when Kanye would have came around. So, you know, just in him searching for that deal and him meeting, trying to find the right people, he stumbled into MTV and, and through just my relationships at MTV, you know, he happened across my path. So, and it wasn't, it was, wasn't shortly, probably was a, a month in between when I ran into Cootie. Um, and, but Cootie was the one that actually, you know, 
officially recognized like my my skill set and 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 it brought me into the fold with their team and 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 I think thought and realized that they could utilize you know my talent. So this situation was meant to be. Cootie called me directly and and is the one who invited me on board. This situation was 100% meant to be because you always wanted to get involved with music videos. So everything just comes together at once full 360 with Through the Wire. And it, it just makes sense to this day. Everything comes full 360 now that we see the vision. You're able to work with Cootie. And, and Cootie's showing you footage of Channel Zero. And you said, this guy is amazing. He's got the vision. He's he's creative. Once you saw the footage that he was showing you what he was doing with Channel Zero, you knew. No, it blew my mind because, you know, I went to art school. So, I, so I, I'm from an academic point of view from the institution of art like i'm understanding and learning like you know um positive space negative space color color theory like just all these concepts of of fine art that are why something would be successful in in that institute versus not and and when i saw cootie's footage he had so many elements naturally of the ways the ways he was capturing content um and the way they were putting the story together it was just like it was art, but it, but it was so it had such a pure rawness in it of itself, which was what I resonated with. You know, that kind of was similar to the style that that uh, I gravitated towards. And, and um, you know, once we started having conversations about it, all the stuff that I would think about and what I wanted to do within the field of of um, film and entertainment aligned with what Cootie was trying to do. You know, what I mean, how we wanted to contextualize it, what we was bringing from our neighborhoods, what inspired us. It was like we were finishing each other's sentences. You know what I mean? So. Um, and that was on top of already just building up a bond and a friendship of like a and, and just kind of like a, a brotherhood. You know, Cootie's older than me. So, you know, um, almost was like a guiding figure as well. Somebody that I could I could entrust with with someone who's done certain things before me and get wisdom from. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. In your mind, and you guys can can touch on this because we've seen great duels before in film with the Hughes brothers. We saw what they did it with Menace to Society and Dead President, and, and you guys, I feel, is all the next up as far as duos in this business, and we're seeing it right now. What is it that two directors do better than just one? Um, I mean, you know, we can both be like amazing. Is that our sets? The way we can kind of run a set in real time, you know. It, we we eliminate the pressures because it's not one of us just trying to man up an entire orchestra. You know, Cootie can be in one place, I can be in another place. And sort of like, it kind of takes the pressure of everybody. Because one thing that is super important on the set is the morale of everybody that's helping you bring this vision to life and, and everybody kind of being on the same page and everybody, you know, your the culture that you create is going to come from the quarterback. You know what I mean? So both of us can, can help, uh, create a stress-free sort of environment because we alleviate each other's stress by being able to like multitask easier. And I think just in the work process, like we can handle multiple projects, multiple things at one time. And we both have different strengths and weaknesses that we can rely on, you know, um, two heads is better than one type of mentality, you know? So Cootie's amazing at storytelling and beats. His time it's impeccable. I think a lot of that comes from, um, him being a stand-up comedian you know i went to art school so i'm i'm really uh paying attention to just um the details of like color and sound and how storytelling looks through those lenses and so i feel like the combination of those two make us very strong because these are things they were like spent so many hours crafting but then i have an understanding of story including as understand of as a visual uh, understanding of uh visual storytelling as well so we can sit on either side but we recognize what we're really strong in 
Yeah. An important thing that you learned later on in the game was from Nita Bon Jovi when she told you to read this book, Story, which taught you how to screenwrite and put a whole story arc together. And we saw that with Genius right there. Oh, yeah, that definitely that definitely uh, uh, was a very important book to read. We had read uh, Saving, Saving the Cat um, as well. But then, too, we got to give some credit to uh, Ted Schillinger and Amani Martin, who, who was um, – real time showing us how to create a story and, and hit beats as well um, when we did Benji. So we had to get credit to, to that as well. But when we reading story really like, you know, took it to the next level because we were at the time writing screenplays. So yeah. it's really a testament to like, you always got to be willing to learn. You also, you always got to be willing to realize like you're, you're, you're not perfect. You know what I'm saying? And, and although you might feel that you know everything, a lot of times your knowledge can be instinctual and you always have to, build upon that knowledge that you have and, and always seeking more knowledge and dive into the craft that you feel like you want to like, um, that you want to have, that you want to succeed in. And it's not going to come at a short, no shortcuts in it. You know what I'm saying? None of it's going to come with a shortcut. You can't avoid, there's no quick lick. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Easy come, easy go. Our lick definitely wasn't quick, but we really became students of this craft and we still are, you know, so students of the game and when we see Absolutely. that it's really emerging here the hard work is paying off and and Kudi, you put the camera on Kanye back in 1998 you were hearing the beats way before even Jay-Z had the Izzo beat Hoop Dreams was what really convinced you said I got to get on here and there was another audience that he actually took command of it was at a, I think it was at a bar I'm pretty sure it was at a bar is that right bar right our bar yeah yeah the uh, our bar in, uh, in Chicago where him and GLC and and uh, Timmy G had the go get us and they performed. I remember like yesterday, and I actually filmed that with, but it was with this guy John Bellamy's camera. And when I, you know, we tried to get in touch with him, he said he had footage, so much footage in boxes that it'd be hard to find. So I wish we could have retrieved that, but we didn't. Yeah. At all. But no, that was when I really seen that Kanye was that that dude because I see. You know, it's all about your performance too. You know what I mean? I just seen the way he just commanded the stage, and and now I was like, oh yeah, this this I'm I'm going I'm on the right track to to, to document this dude with this camera right here. So I <laughs> oh, you still have wow. Oh yeah, this That's amazing. I got the other one, Donda. His mom bought me a camera as well. So yeah, she bought you your second camera. I was doing yeah. some research on that. I appreciate yeah. the research too, man. It's dope. Right. Let's oh, <laughs> elaborate further. You know what I'm saying? So it's fine. Yeah, sure. I, I appreciate that. And, and and just hearing about it, you know, the whole story is inspiring with Kanye. We we saw what was going on beyond the camera. We saw when Scarface was walking out of the studio, was he when he wasn't getting that deal, even when things looked promising, he's going through the car accident. The album was still being shelved at, at Rockefeller at the time. We were still hearing about that. What was the most gut wrenching for you guys and especially Cootie? throughout his journey what reaction was what rejection was just a gut wrench to you um i mean we really this when you believe so hard in something that the rejections you don't even like feel the rejections you know you just keep moving and yeah and you know it's like it's like you know you're a basketball player and you lose a game but you you know who you are and you, you know you're going to keep going until you win a game and you're not going you can't dwell on the loss so i it wasn't one that that really was like you know, it was times when I felt like even even when me and Chike would go out for a movie and we and we didn't get the we had the best pitch, you know, ever. And then they give it to a, a, another director because we were first time directors. And we like, you know, even then I was like, thank God. Thank you, God, because 
I knew it was not for us. You know what I mean? So you got to think with whichever way it go, you have to thank God. So that I, I was on that. Um, and it might've all started when I, when I got fired and I realized all oh, things you can't control. You just, you just got to keep moving. Yeah. And I, I think too, you realize quick, like even when we was doing music videos, writing so many treatments and you know, oh, yeah. a lot of those treatments, you know, getting rejected, so to speak, not getting greenlit, but you know, you learn quickly because you, you have a personal attachment to those treatments because you spend so much time falling in love and then you see it in your head. And then, so I feel like we learn quickly not to get too attached to anything that that's definitely beyond your control. You know what I mean? So, and there's way more failures, failures out here. You're going to try to throw so many things at the wall, but like very few of them are actually going to stick in reality. So, um, you know, and I think Magic, Matt, Michael Jordan is a testament to that. He talks about that a lot, too. It's about There's an abundance of failure, very few victories. But, you know, you only need one victory. That's so. right. And in relation to Michael Jordan, I know you guys and Cootie spoken about it before. We're, we're going to be working on a Michael Jordan documentary when he was going to go back to the NBA. And you had the footage, and unfortunately, there was a carjacking incident. And you described the, the carjacker as your angel because you were able to get that insurance money to actually move. Yeah, for sure. That that was that was something that, yeah, that it it was funny how we were working out. Like I went to Miami to film people talk about him going back. He wound up going back. So that, so that, and I wonder where that footage is today. I would, somebody got have to, somebody, whoever got that footage, y'all, <laughs> if y'all listening, come on with it. But that was just a, a amazing weekend. Actually, I interviewed Magic Johnson. Jay-Z was on stage. Uh, uh, perform and I'm right on the side of him with Jermaine Dupree and Biz Markey on, you know, at the DJ booth. So it was, it was a lot of great content. And, um, and that too, you even, even that alone, just losing that um, at the time and then seeing the good that came out, the silver lining out of, out of that. That's what you got to look at anything that happened to you. I guess if you don't get, if then he didn't kill me, I'm, I'm still here. You know what I mean? Everything else is replaceable. So you know, and that's why I look at it at it that way. And you guys have done so much more than genius when we look at it, because I was doing my research online about you filming the behind the scenes and doing some things with Wale for his, the Gifted album. Well, we did a documentary on Wale, yeah. uh, part of his rollout. And, um, you know, a lot of it started, like I said, in music videos, we did so many music videos, so many artists from, you know, Kanye to Pitbull to Erica Badu. And oh, Aguilera. You know, Larry worked on document uh, like a so a documentary that was a part of her album, um, and then you know was behind a lot of artists bringing them into the world. Uh, Big Crit, Joey Badass, Stiley, uh, Birth the Network, Creative Control. You know, then went on to do documentary. So I feel like it's it's man. Even talking about it sometimes, like I just lost my breath just thinking about it. <laughs> but but it was all um uh, it was all fun and, and it's cool to see people discover like our journey and put all the pieces together. Cause we've definitely been doing stuff for a long period of time and, and we're not planning on stopping anytime soon. So you, know, you guys have been on the grind and, and even to the point where I was hearing stories about Cootie being backstage and filming at little Kim concerts and your, and your camera got stole, <laughs> got taken by Mike Light. That camera right there. That, that was the one right there. Yeah. Got snatched. I mean, and I was just actually with Lil' Kim because uh, it was Biggie's birthday. I didn't, I didn't go say nothing too. I should have went, but you know, there's a lot of people around, so I just kept it cool. But uh, that, um, that, uh, this camera got snatched out of my hand while I'm filming. I'm, I got a shot of Lil. I'm right at Lil' Kim. A shot of her, Fifty Cent on the speaker. 
a crazy L shot, and they just they told me I can't film, so I put the camera down. And the bodyguard was like, her bodyguard was like, he with us, he good. And they was like, okay. And I'm filming. Next thing I know, Mike Lighty snatched my camera, and when he snatched it, I went. You know, we all like kind of tussling over the camera. Um, Hillary and uh, and um, Lil Ken's role manager, and they and he was like, I got to take the tape. But I switched the tapes out. So it wasn't even, it wasn't Lil' Kim tape. It was a brand new tape for 50 Cent. So I'm like, bet, take it. I didn't want to even film anyway, because I, I was done with my job, you know? <laughs> and, uh, and and it just went up. I mean, I'm talking about it went up. 50 Cent had about, he had about uh, at least 15 dudes with bulletproof vests on the stage, all big, coming off the stage, just hitting whoever was in the way. Boom. I was like, next thing I know, I'm in an audience like this. Go 50, go 50. <laughs> he didn't stop performing. I was tripping. But then, uh, but then long story short, it, it was funny because um, because you know, my boy John Monopoly was working at Violate at the time. And I'm like, John, they took my camera. He's like, okay, we're gonna get your camera back. And uh they would say, Well, it's uh it's locked up in the, it's locked up in the office, and we you we'll give it to you when we get off tour, right? And next thing I know, I'm watching MTV and 50 Cent Son is on MTV, right? With my camera. And the reason why I know it's because of this, right? Right here. <laughs> he got my camera. Eminem grabbed the camera and was like, man, what you know about this? And started filming him with this. <laughs> I was like, that go my camera. So right before they went to Chicago, I was like, John, they got my camera. I wound up getting my camera back before they went to Chicago. <laughs> wow. <laughs> It was it's kind of crazy. The camera, uh-huh. the story of the camera. Camera, right? right. <laughs> That's insane. And, and now objects like that, because that camera's looked at is so old right now. People look at that as an artifact, and that's got a yeah. lot of history behind it. Yeah, but you see, kids like I ain't gonna say kids; these be grown men. But to me, you know, I'm 51, so they kids, uh, you know. But they they bringing out these these cameras. They bringing out VHS cameras. Uh, seeing them filming. Um, Jacko, he 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 be oh, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, you know yeah, yeah. so so yeah man it's uh it's it's a nostalgic look the same way we brought back um eight millimeter you know mm-hmm. a super eight that's a, that's a nostalgic look that we was like yo we should bring that back and we and we did I mean I'm pretty sure that played other it was other things that had eight millimeter but we first used it for two words um when we did the video for two words. And I would tell the Chica, I didn't even know what it was. Eight millimeter, super, I ain't know. I just say, Chica, we need to have the grainy look. You know, that grainy, like, oh, oh super eight, eight millimeter. I'm like, yeah, that, yeah, whatever. Okay, that, that's what we, you know, so he actually had a eight millimeter camera. Yeah, yeah. I was always fascinated with, like, I had a, a goal of mine was to shoot a major artist with that aesthetic because I just felt like the nostalgic of it would bring that person down to size and we'd relate to them on a more, like, you know, just like you'd rate to your mother, your father, or your cousin or whatever from just nostalgic family videos. So it just, like I said, it's just amazing how, how God works. And um, and we was able to pull that off. We got those cameras off of eBay for like $11. We didn't even know if it was going to, when we, we first time we, we used it was on most depth. And we didn't even know if the footage was going to come out. <laughs> we had shot that whole thing. We just pulled the car in for light. Hootie had a Jeep at the time. We pulled the Jeep up to the park and we turned the light on from the Jeep. And that literally was what was lighting the scene. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> like, what is this? Yeah. <laughs> but he loved it though. When definitely when he seen the video, he was like, okay, I gotta work with these guys. So, you know, we did ghetto rock and all the joints for most 
most def you have a legendary erica badu we've, we've heard about it even the controversy of that video and, and recreating the whole john f kennedy assassination with that video because people that drew some criticism back in the day yeah yeah no that was that was a that was amazing video even the, the you know that's one of the things you can't even write a treatment you no. know what i'm saying erica you want you to uh get butt naked <laughs> on the grassy nose where kennedy got you know that was her idea, she wanted to, you know, she just wanted to shed everything and um and evolve. So that was her her whole message to it. And um, and you know, and then everything else played because we didn't know when we went out there, we didn't know where we were gonna shoot really, and we just all was like, oh, and then Grassy Knows was where we all decided to do it. And we went out and walked it one time and and then the next day we went and went and shot, you know, shot shot the video. And and you know, and that and people were like, man, he, you know, the police ain't get you. You gotta realize that the song is less than three minutes long. It's like three minutes long, and we was we we um had it going slow, slow. You know what I mean? I mean, we sped it up because she was going slow because she was going to sing it. So that's even like uh, half the time, a minute and something. Right, a minute something. We was out there walking that walk, <laughs> and and it was between me and Chica the film. Like Chica, I I I do it. I wasn't about to mess that up. You, know? <laughs> you couldn't, you couldn't, I mean, you had, you couldn't mess that one up. We weren't no, like take two with that. No. Gangster with a heart of gold and the commercials that you were doing at this time really paved the way. And for you saying that I, we need to have creative control, which was the launch of your own company. I just want you guys to speak on it because I, I've heard and, and just watching different interviews and reading articles online that MTV Cribs, MTV yeah. was, Stealing some of your ideas, Cootie. I did hear about that. I believe it because the industry is very cutthroat. And when you, because I've had my own experiences where I've noticed different things in the industry. That's a whole other story. But they will take creative things that that, that they come up with, their ideas, and use them for their own. How did you guys now approach moving forward and speaking to companies and and, and creating your own LLC with creative control? Oh, yeah. Well, real quick, I just want to just clear that, clear it up with the MTV because, yeah, they, you know, they got wind of what we were doing, but we were actually inspired by the lifestyle of the rich and famous, which MTV Cribs was inspired by that as well. But we was out actually actively filming artists like Lil Wayne. We had Lil Wayne talking about the cars and, you know, Jermaine Dupree had a segment called Ice Cream with Jermaine Dupree talking about the ice. So we had the end to everybody with me and John Minop. So we we built this, created this whole um this whole show, but then we just lost funding. And then next thing I know, we actually interviewed producers at MTV and, and Ananda at one of the things. So I think that's when they got win. Um, but I, you know, I can't say that they stole is not for certain that they stole anything from us, but they, um, but right after that, they came out with MTV. <laughs> <Yeah. I'm> like, okay. <laughs> but you know, that, and that's why you have to move, have creative control. You have to move fast. You know, you can't even you can't play around and and, and people have to believe because we would have had that show if the people that helped us at the beginning believe we was about to go get Lennox Lewis out in Jamaica. And that was like the the thing that was going to set the whole pilot off, you know, and and they didn't want to put up the extra what thousand dollars or two thousand dollars for us to go out there. So that uh, that killed everything. And, you know, but thank God for that as well. And. And like you said, Chica, you can break down like just how we are whole thing with ownership. Yeah, I mean, it's important to like preserve the integrity, especially when like, you know, for us, we have sort of 
not sort of, but we have a, a, a vision and we have a, this work that we'll take and this work that we won't take, but we were clear when we met each other, the type of work and the type of work that we want to bring into the world. And so you're always protecting that. And the only way you can truly protect that is to, you know, own it and, uh, and put yourself in a position to always have more leverage than um, whoever might be trying to um, buy it from you or, or utilize it. And I feel like we didn't have anybody to guide us through that. So initially we had to learn it sort of the hard way by taking some L's and, you know, um, not all money's good money type of scenario, but uh, that's the best advice we have to give after coming out of that situation is just, you know, not every, not, not all money's good money and just be conscious of like what the intent is of your project and make sure that um, you're able to maintain, you know, the integrity behind that intention. So creative control was kind of birthed out of, out of that and the importance of that. And we were willing to sacrifice, you know, quick money for the preservation and the legacy of the content that we put into the world, because it, the content is going to last for longer than we're here. And after the split with Damon Dash, you guys are labeled right there for 30 for 30 with ESPN. You're creating Benji, which was a heartfelt documentary about Benjamin Wilson. His life was taken because he was the number one prospect right out of high school. And it's just important how you showcase that because we have these stories that are out there but aren't told. And that was a story that I'm sure that you guys already knew about and people in Chicago knew about, but people all around the world didn't hear about. And you put a spotlight on that. And that was really important. Yeah, yeah, and it, and it's for you know our intent for that was to really like you know bring peace as much as we can to to you know to Chicago. First Chicago at the time when we when we were doing Benji was called Chirac and all this other all this other stuff. But uh, but you know we wanted to. I when Benji died, I was right. You know I'm in seventh grade when when Benji when Benji uh, made his transition, got killed or whatever, and um. And it was just a piece that happened around Chicago, the most segregated city in the world, man. I felt like I can go, you know, down the street to, uh, or around the corner to this one gang that I couldn't do or, or go across the tracks to where, the, to where the white people who hated us, you know, and would call us diggers and throw stuff at us when we went. I can walk anywhere, you know, and um, and that and that was the type of piece I want thought knew they were creating and they may, and have people understand choices that when you make the wrong choice, you know, you can destroy your life and the life of, of a lot of people. So, you know, that was the, the, the intent, you know, we always say we want to make the thugs cry with that, you know, and then, then to to meet Billy, uh, Billy Moore and to, to get his story, you know, and then he was like me, like we were in the street, you had to have a gun. You thought you had to have a gun, you know, and it was kind of the cool thing too, but it, but a gun brings so much negativity. You know, you just, first you feel powerless. You feel, I mean, you feel like you, nobody can touch you. You know what I mean? With it. And, um, and then to Billy said, he would wish so bad that he could have just pulled that bullet back, but it's too late. You know what I mean? And, um, you know, so you got to be careful with the choices that you make in life. And, and Benji was a, a testament, but both with Billy and Benji. Billy, 19 years in prison, tried to kill him the first two years, you know. Um, and, you know, hey. Chike, with you being from New Orleans, have you thought about covering a story that occurred in, in your area that it may not be worldwide known? Oh, man, I'm super passionate about um, 
shedding light on on just the nuances of like black culture within New Orleans. And so there's several projects that Cootie and I have in development that uh, were bringing to light just aspects of culture in New Orleans that I've never haven't seen before, just within the rich history that uh, lives there from just the, the, from dealing with when we, you know, as blacks first get to New Orleans to just the different cultures and, and the different um, intersections of various cultures that, um, that tell an interesting story of just, you know, black culture in New Orleans. So um, yeah, it's kind of like, we're kind of like the Ben Affleck and Matt Damon, where it's like, you know, Mark Wahlberg, where they're Philly and Boston, where we're like New Orleans and Chicago. So. <laughs> and I'm going to be looking forward to what you put, put forth there. And just thinking about a kid from Coney Island, you covering Stefan Marbury's story and me being a Knicks fan. I appreciated that. And <laughs> hearing a story about what he went through when he was on the Knicks, being yeah. the, the hometown kid he actually didn't see this until it hit the festival. He didn't even, but he trusted you guys. That was what the most. Yeah, important. for sure. Yeah. 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 That's the best, the best way. And, and it happened with genius too, you know, um, until the end when Kai wanted to create control after guest talking to a, a bunch of people that thought he should have it. But, uh, but yeah, man, it's that far I've seen it. You know, he and he we 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 would ask him questions too. He like, Steph, you uh, what do you think about this? Or he he was like, y'all got this, y'all got it. Yeah, you know, because he you know he, he's a coach and basketball player. We're filmmakers, which makes sense. <laughs> so you know, and a lot of people who I think try to get creative control over a project, definitely if it's a doc about them, no matter who it is, it's gonna it's gonna take. I mean, it's not gonna be genuine, yeah. right? You know, so. Luckily, we uh, got through it, and, and Kaye agreed at, at the very beginning, like, yeah, okay, I'm, I'm going to trust you on that. Because I told him, I said, this movie is not about us first. It's for the dreamers, <laughs> you know. So, And luckily, we had already a, a symbol cut and a, and a sizzle at the time that I met with Kanye. So he showed, You showed it to him, and he loved it, and he actually asked you for permission to use some Donda footage for the album, Donda. Yeah, that's how I started. He actually used that, and I was like, oh, "Let me show you something." And I'm in DR the next day. That's actually in the movie. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like God was like, "Nope, we, we got another scene." Okay, why well, only? We got another scene. Okay, God, we we own it. Let's let's, you know. So, yeah. I know Chike was a little disappointed, but there was something that didn't make the cut, in which Kanye was getting into an argument with another <clears throat> artist about. Yeah, yeah, I wouldn't say I was disappointed about it, but you know. Um, because when, you know, when you're doing this, you have to kill your darling. We, like, that's one of the, the things you learn early in filmmaking. So it, whatever serves the story best, you know, but we feel like it actually wasn't even meant to probably ever be captured because um, even when Cootie captured, was capturing the fight, you know, his camera, he thought it was filming when he wasn't. So literally, you're literally just watching the ground, but you're hearing everything around you. So even initially, we never was able to really capture. So I feel like God just didn't want that to be shown and period so yeah all worked out yeah are you guys doing because i because i know we just heard the announcement that donda 2 will be releasing i did hear that on twitter today are you guys still going to continue to do covers for kanye uh, on the upcoming album and his life story as well no we are actually moving on to the ernie barnes documentary and uh and you know feature films um you know we both write and screenplay so that you know the, the goal period to get to you know from videos to the docs, you know, even though I started docs before music videos, I, I fell into music videos, but Chike wanted to do music videos. And then we started doing the docs and then, you know, feature films was 
really we we want we was going from besides me filming Kanye and doing the doc like I was saying we were going from through the wire the video to movies that's what we that's what films yeah but it, but you know things happen the way it happened and I'm and I thank God it happened the way that it happened so. Ernie Barnes is the next project that you are working on. He's a famous painter. He was doing the JJ paintings. And and what's actually insane about the JJ painting, that was used as the album cover of Camp Law. Yeah, sure was. Yeah. Oh, no, well, not, not, no, that was actually. Not initially, though. That was another artist did that, which I believe, and I know Mr. Barnes, because he was like, you know, you, you, you can't just take his style, you know. So he was. Oh, so that was another artist, yeah, because when I saw that painting online, I was like, I thought that was the Camp Low cover. Yeah, no. So, so, and then the, the sugar. So it's called the Sugar Shack. He did mm-hmm. two of them. The one, one of them just auctioned off for, for um, fifteen million the other day last week. Bill Perkins bought it, but it was two. Eddie Murphy on the set, the 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 one that's on uh, Marvin Gaye album cover, mm-hmm. and the one that was auctioned off was the the one at the beginning of the Good Time. So. Yeah, that was the interpretation. Yeah. 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 <laughs> that shows it, like I said, that's the whole goal of our documentary is to bring to light how much how many artists that he inspired. You know what I'm yeah. saying? And especially right now when you're in a renaissance of black art. Um, but he's a pioneer, you yeah. know, he's like the Norman Rockwell of this. And, so, and he was an NFL oh, player too. Oh yeah. Played in the NFL. He used to, he used to draw one of his pers- one of his first paintings is called The Bench. And it's actually him on the bench. You see, it's the whole painting of the bench. But you, that's you, Johnny Unitas was the quarterback. And so Johnny Unitas is throwing his pass, and it's from Ernie's, Mr. Barnes' perspective on the bench. And it's just, it's amazing. You know, it's an amazing story around he, even how he even stopped playing football and how the, he got paid to paint really through the NFL. Like it's pretty, pretty insane. And he did, and he didn't get inducted for football into the into the NFL Hall of Fame. The painting, the bench, got inducted. Into the NFL Hall of Fame, yeah. so that's that first of ever you know, <laughs> to happen. So, which which we've been documenting, Mr. Barnes passed in two thousand nine. We've been documenting the uh, state, you know, keeping his legacy alive since then, and that's one of the things that um that will be in the film. Um, um, when they inducted the painting, so yeah, yeah. he was doing painting for the Olympics. I think he did the Rocky Stallone too. Yeah, he did Kanye uh, painting. Yeah, did Kanye. Yeah. yeah, so it all it always circles back to Kanye. The Lakers, and it is amazing too how they got the the Lakers to win, um, the winning so, game, yeah, winning game, winning time. Like, it just it's all it's all so it's perfect time, and the kids are doing the um, they got the thing on TikTok where they taking his pain and they doing the, the, the arm right. It's like, you know, and that's why we say Jesus is direct, man, because you cannot make this up. And then, and then when you put the, when you put, when you conceive and, and, and you move on things, things just move for you. God move things for you. They always do. That's why the pain went for 15 million. When they estimated they go for 150,200 max, yeah. 15 mil. So, you know, it's, 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 you know, it's not only God, of course, it's all God, but then it's our ancestors as well. Like Ernie Barnes, he been doing things for us from heaven. He gave us a painting from heaven, which is, which will be in the movie as well. I won't even go into that story because you, because it's too, it's, it's like, like, put it like this. The stories that we got that will be, because luckily for footage, even if I was to tell all the Kaye stories that you see, You'd be like, what? Jamie Foxx ain't they weren't talking about slow jam and y'all winning that. 
Like you would think we lying, <laughs> but luckily we got footage to prove <laughs> to prove it. Like, and, and you know, and, and it's funny because when you don't have footage, at least you have a few p- witnesses that can say, "Yeah, yep, that happened." You know, but but this is um witnesses and and footage. And the Kanye thing, it blew up so much that Jamie Lee Curtis was on Instagram speaking about it. I think Martin Lawrence called you after the documentary. Is there any talks of any collaborations there, perhaps, mm-hmm. maybe? Uh, no, nah, but it was amazing. To, to D-Ray was like, man, Martin, Martin wants your number. Can I give it to you, to him? I'm like, what you mean? <laughs> yeah, give him my number. So that, yeah, that was a pleasant surprise to to, to get a call from, from Martin Lawrence, who, you know, of course, you know, uh, I looked up to um, as a comedian coming up, you know, Bernie Mac was my mentor. Richard Pryor really inspired me to start doing comedy, you know, and Bill Cosby, of course, was 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 dynamic in in all of our our careers as comedians, Um, you know, just his his growth and what he did. But uh, but yeah, Martin, that was that was a special and and special surprise. Now, with the reception you're seeing just amongst your peers in the industry now, what doors have you noticed that may have not been open before now with this Kanye documentary reception that it's got from Netflix and the success of it? What doors has this opened for you now? You would be amazed though. A lot of doors was opening up after Stefan Marbury, to say the truth. Yes. But, uh, but I mean, we, at, we, you can talk, you, you want to talk Chica? About, yeah, yeah. Chica you, yeah. De- definitely. Um, we just have more ears and I think there's more confidence because it, this just added to a, this just added another uh, film in a catalog to prove a track record, you know? So um, I just think it makes things easier for us in the sense of like people just believing that um, in our work and our process. And so it's just easier to, to raise funds that way. It's, it's easier to, for other distributors to have faith in you. But I, I honestly, like our, our goal is to, is to build our, our own network, our own distribution platform, um, not only for us, but so that we can also, you know, help expedite other creators that uh, that we believe in and give them a platform to showcase their work as well. So, yeah, we in two projects right now with uh, a young director. One uh, one of the young directors is E Buckles, who she gave the mentoring from New Orleans, and he got a project called Katrina Babies that we um, that we um, the EPN and we also partnered with Kevin Durant on the project that we had one of our good good friends, Sam C direct, you know, so it's um we already on it, but that that's our whole thing, man. We 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 are excited about doors that could be open for us, but we wanna be able to be the ones to open doors for others. You know what I mean? And yeah. Uh, yeah, and, and that's that's rare right there. You know, you're caring about others out there. And, and just a strong point that I definitely want to bring up here is the fact that when, when Common called you the day after his father passed away, that gave you the opportunity to see you, your father when he came back to the office. Yeah, it's it amazing. That's why I say our spirits, man. It's, um, it's, it, with his father, I found out, like, say Monday, I found out. But he said his father passed the week before. But he called me the day after I found out, you know, which I never got a call from Common before. We homies. I see him out. We kick it. You know, he showed mad love all the time, but no phone calls. And then I get this call from him. I'm like, whoa. And, you know, I gave him my condolences. And that's when he told me that he passed a week ago. But and then he asked me to do the office because I wanted to come anywhere in Kanye there. So when I came and I 
did see my father, you know, hug my father, he took me to the airport, you know, and then right after that, oh my bad, y'all know I'm in Harlem. Oh, it's all good. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, so at, so, um, so then when, um, and then another quick story is that when, when after my father made his transition, I did a, the video like I did for uh, Mama West. I did a, um, his video presentation for the, for the funeral. And, um, and I was looking for a song to put it, you know, and he got his, he had it like six. He actually had the, I want you album with, with Marvin Gaye, but he had the other Marvin Gaye album. Uh, so I looked at, I'm going through it. I'm like, Oh God is love. So I'm like, I'm going to, I'm going to use this as the song. So I, you know, luckily for like Apple and all that, God is love, find it, get the song. Cause I could, you know, I wouldn't have had no other way to, to, to upload it, got the song. And then, um, and I made his video uh, presentation. And then like maybe six to eight months later, Common have a, a, a show in, um, in Harlem, he in Harlem. And we, you know, we go and there was one song and he was, you know, he was like, yo, if you know the song, rap with me. If you don't, you know, just clap. And I ain't know the words to the song. So I'm clapping. Right. And then he gave me a shout. I like, there you go, Cootie. I see you. I'm yeah. like, oh, dang, no. He gave me a shout out. And the Marvin Gaye song came on. I think the backup singer, right? Right after. Yeah. Right after that. That's what was played. <sighs> it, it mean, you know, so it, like, and I think, I don't know, it seemed like when you understand that, that you have first God, Christ, and you have your ancestors actually helping you through this if you like listen and pay attention to the signs you will see that i think that's um you know they want us to be afraid of ghosts you know what i mean they want us to be afraid of them things and think oh this is a coincidence how this happens no you know what i mean when you understand that you start seeing it and you move and you move that's the way you move and they get you a long way man because they go i've noticed that with my grandmother when she made her transition and I'm in the streets at that time and things just started going really good for me and everything turned around. I'm like, why is that? And it was like, God was like, yeah, cause your grandmother is right here pestering me about looking out, <laughs> looking out for you. You know, that, that was my thought. And sure enough that, that I feel like that's what's happening. From the documentary, something I noticed that was trending on Twitter as well was when Kanye at the after party called you Chike. <laughs> oh yeah. What, what was going through your mind when he said that and just including that in the documentary? What was going through your mind? Because that that that, that was a crushing moment for a lot of people. Yeah, I mean, of course it was in my mind like, what are you trying to play me? Yeah. Why are you trying to play? You know what I'm saying? I'm cootie. What are you trying to play me for? That was going through my mind. But we all was buzzed off of Hennessy. I buzzed too. I just ain't sure it as much as Kanye, but you know. I don't even know, think you thought anything of it at the time. Like it was just you know, it didn't feel like anything. It didn't feel like nothing until later, years down the line. In retrospect, looking at the footage, I feel like we drew, drew more meaning into it. Yeah, yeah, yeah and, like, and rest like in peace of, to Donda too. Yeah, huh? Rest in peace to Donda too. Just oh, the, man. The, after that, you know, that's when people think that you saw a change within him, and his mother really held him together, and she's the reason why he is who he is. And when you lose something like that, that's a piece of your heart right there. Yeah. Yeah, for sure, man. And you had a connection with her as well. Oh yeah, yeah. No, Strong she I mean, since the like since the day I met her, you know what I mean? It felt like I've been knowing her forever. That's how type of person that she was. And um, you know, to 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 and well 
to the point I was making earlier, we didn't lose Mama West. She was with us the whole time we've been making Genius. You know what I mean? When we need something, even when I found the footage of her saying that John looks in the mirror, I was licensing some footage out for, for um, the song in Shock America. And I've seen that footage. I'm like, what? And it was right at, when I put it on, it said, Kai, I got something important I want to talk to you about. I'm like, as soon as I put the DV tape in. And, you know, and then I'm like, then I'm going to, and then they, for whatever reason, I, I didn't think about it. And then I, something happened, I put the tape back in or something. It was seemed like it was right on the same, kind of got something important, like it rewinded itself, you know. So I knew it was something special. And I uploaded it, got it to Kanye. And my message to him was, Kanye, your mother wanted me to send this to you. Because I know it was coming from her. You know, I know she wanted to 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 tell him that at the moment. He didn't remember. He FaceTimed. I, not in a million years, I thought that she said that. And I don't remember after going through all that footage for her when I did a funeral um, presentation. So, you know, that that's why I know. And then one thing I thought about, I'm like, what if she didn't say it then? What if she's saying it right now? What if she's, <laughs> hey, you never know, man. Yeah. <laughs> Something that is a testament just to how, how much of a great director that you are, Cootie, especially with Chike, is that when Chike notices, he spoke about it before, is that, Cootie, you bring out the real in people. And Chike spoken about that before because we saw who Kanye really was as a person on the camera. It was genuine. You always want to show his good side. And we saw that in the documentary. And even times when things were going to the left, you put the camera down. That was a strong point in the documentary. It's like like the guy doing... They're going to tell me what to do and I listen or he's going to just do it. Like with the fight that we was talking about earlier, the way I thought I was filming, wasn't filming, you know? And, um, but yeah, Kanye, you know, that's my, that's my brother. You know what I'm saying? And, um, and to, to, you know, to, to see anybody go through anything, you don't, you know, you want to make sure you pay attention and listen and, and be there for the person. And, and it ain't about work. Of, and I really wasn't even out there. I've not at all was out there to film period. I'm out there to show him a sizzle. And I just so happened to know Dave Barry and, um, and Dave and Mike invited me to go with them to dinner. I <laughs> <laughs> didn't invite me. They invite me. I'm like, okay, I'm gonna bring the camera, yeah. you know, I bet brought the camera and, you know, like I like when I when everything the energy shifted a little. That's when um you know because I seen Kanye talk the way he talk on TV, and I'm like okay, you know I'm thinking it's part of the act to show what he's doing, but uh that that will I never seen it in person, definitely on my camera. So I'm like okay, it's, it's time to it's it's time to pay attention because this is my brother. I don't want nothing to go you know he no way but the right way you know so. And did I ask the question? Because I know I kind of got got off. Of, uh... <laughs> oh no, you you answered it perfectly. And, and just just to wrap things up here soon, we only have a couple more minutes. With Scarface, just hearing about him walking out of the studio, we saw it. But hearing about him walking out of the studio session, he didn't make it back that day. That I heard from him him saying that apparently nine eleven happened that day. Was that true? No, that was <laughs> that wasn't true. Okay, yeah, I wanted to make sure to get that cleared up because I. I I watched a, an interview with him do that somewhere and say, I didn't get to go back that day because it was 9-11. <laughs> yeah, well, 9-11 happened when I first moved. So that was way after after uh, 9-11. I moved in August. And it was funny how I was at in the World Trade Center that Saturday before it went down on Tuesday for the first time in my life. 
So I got to experience what the World Trade Center was like. And um, and then we was at a party. AJ from 106 and Park had a party that me, Kanye, all of us went to that Sunday, right by at the library over there by the World Trade. And I'm pretty sure he might have parked right by it. I didn't look up at the buildings because, you know, I'm thinking about getting into the party. But um, but it's just amazing how, how that happened. And and that actually, you know, when you got to look like we said, a silver lining and everything where, you know, New York shut down, just like the pandemic the shut down for us to even be able to go through all the footage with our editors and, and do genius. You know, we weren't out thinking about nothing but that, you know what I'm saying? I'm, I'm a party animal and the same when it came to, to um, the Royal Trade. I'm a, I, New York shut down, I'm just getting here and the New York shut down. So we can't even move Kanye Wave in, in Newark and Newark. And that's when I started reading, you know, and I read a book called Keys of Success and reading that book, I realized that I couldn't read. And I'm 30 years old coming from Chicago and like words like initiative and these different words I didn't know. So I had to read the book with a dictionary all the way. So I read that book at least three times before I really understood it. And then I read Celestine Prophecy, which taught me about like no coincidences. And then and and Keys of Success to tell you how, what you know, you have to have a major goal. And I wrote my major goal down. And then next thing I know, I'm at the library getting beginning director's book. Um, screenwriting books. I'm just reading and reading and reading a lot because in my hood, reading wasn't cool. You know, stealing bikes or doing things like that as a shorty was cool. Or gang banging, you know, was was cool. Not knowing that my guys who was gang banging was super smart too. They was reading. I just, I just mad that was reading. <laughs> <laughs> they too smart not to have not been. Ernie Barnes on the way. That project's already in the works. You guys have been working on it. What's next for you guys besides that with creative control and everything that you got on the way here? Yeah, have you, you thought know. about, because you're all about opening up the doors for the Yeah, that's going to be the network. You know, it's going to yeah. be creative control. So bringing that back out. We're working on feature film, uh, Southside, based off the, the documentary we did, Benji and Cootie's finessing that screenplay as we speak. And, um, you know, working on some different genre stuff and, you know, screen, um, I'm sorry, series that we had that we got set up with a couple of different places. So it's a lot, it's a lot of stuff in the works we dabble in a lot of different you know everything from like you said docs to films to, to series to you know we're dabbling and stuff within the metaverse so you know wherever there's a place to tell a story we'll be there and we'll be doing it at the highest level that's right and you guys are doing it congratulations to all your success the accolades the naacp image awards source awards everything that you've won for directing music videos as well continue to do great things within this industry i want to thank you guys for coming on the show here tonight it was a truly an honor. Thank you for inspiring me and me being able to recognize the genius in myself and opening up the world and inspiring everyone around the universe. Nah, 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 Max, Max, appreciate you, bro, for sure. Yeah, for of sure, course, man. man. I, 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 I want to shout out my man, Kenny Cool, too, because we was just laughing when I told him I was I was doing your show and, and we was talking about mothers. And, and sometimes, Kenny, his mother name is Maxine. So sometimes oh. he'd be like, Mad Max. <laughs> <laughs> I can't help but get on the phone with Mad Max and <laughs> joking with him. But <laughs> cool. I know he watching because I because I told him we was on it. <laughs> oh man, yeah. Thanks again, guys. You guys are always welcome on the show. Anytime you want to come on here, you always have a spot here on my show. Appreciate you, brother. Thank you man. so much, man. Sure. Of course, <laughs> man. Enjoy the rest of your night. Take care and stay That's safe, right, man. God, sure. God bless. Peace out, right, man, and God bless. Man. Yes, sir. Thanks. Peace. Peace.